people ask me what the metaverse is on panels, and I always just say the metaverse is people. Pretty much every single mention of the metaverse, we could just swap out with the words the internet and we'd still be talking about the same thing. Hello and welcome to Insight Story, a new audio series from Kaspersky, the global cybersecurity experts. I'm Susie O'Neill, editor of Secure Futures. It's Kaspersky's magazine for business leaders. And our aim with this podcast is to give you real insight into the tech that affects your business. In each episode, we unpack a hot tech trend. We talk to specialists to help us understand what the trend is all about and to make the information as relevant and as useful as possible. We also hear from people like you who are in business who are using the technology. We bring you the benefits of their insight so that wherever you are in the world and whatever it is you're doing, you'll have better insight into your next tech move. This time we're asking, what should you be doing about the metaverse? Now, you may well have heard of the metaverse. You might even be trying to work out your metaverse strategy. Now, there's certainly a lot of noise around and a feeling that businesses might get left behind if they don't get on board. But before we get too carried away, there's a fair bit of discussion about what the metaverse actually is and whether it exists at all. So we thought the most useful thing would be to take a step back and have a look at the debate. Is the metaverse the next iteration of the internet, the future of how brands will connect with consumers in virtual worlds, or the emperor's new clothes? And why should your business care? I'm going to be talking with two experts who have a variety of views on those very questions. But first, each time we unpack a tech trend, we're going to make sure that we've got a handle on some basic definitions. And to do that, I'm delighted to say I have help. Hello, Susie. Dolly, very nice to see you. Would you mind introducing yourself? I am Dolly, your insight assistant. What can I do for you? I'm very kind of you to ask. We need to explain what the metaverse is. Ah, a good question. The word metaverse combines meta and universe. It's a virtual world we can go to using avatars. Neil Stevenson coined the term metaverse in his 1992 science fiction novel, Snow Crash. It said that the novel inspired the online virtual worlds, active worlds, and second life. Okay, so the concept has been around for a while, but what do we mean by it now? There is no standard definition for the metaverse even though the term is widely used. Most recent definitions say something like the metaverse is the next iteration of the internet. A single, shared, immersive, persistent, 3D virtual space where humans experience life in ways they could not than the physical world. Some use it to describe online virtual worlds where you can shop or go to concerts. Others for multiplayer games like Fortnite. The thought is that the metaverse will mirror all aspects of life in the real world. Things like social interactions, currency, trade, economy, and property ownership. So that means businesses better get into it then? Maybe. Maybe not. A recent paper from the University of Cambridge says the metaverse is a concept that doesn't exist yet. Some experts say it is big hype from big tech firms. In 2021, the social network Facebook rebranded as Meta. Mark Zuckerberg said the company would focus on creating virtual experiences in an immersive world called the Metaverse. Ah, thank you, Dolly. That's very useful. Is there anything else at this time? No, I think that's a great start. By the way, do you live in the Metaverse? I cannot tell you where I live. Goodbye. Oh, okay, that was a bit sudden. 
Anyway, it's clear that there is a debate to be had. To help us get to grips with what the metaverse is and what it isn't, I'm joined by two people who know a lot about it. Courtney Harding is founder of agency Friends with Holograms and a member of the World Economic Forum's Metaverse Council. She spends a lot of time consulting with businesses, talking at conferences, lecturing on the metaverse and what it means, and she's especially focused on its use for social change. She's joining us from the US. Hello, Courtney. Hi, nice to see you. James Watley is Chief Strategy Officer at Diva, a creative agency handling comms and brand activation for a wide range of gaming and entertainment clients. He's focused on making sure clients are making the right decisions for the future and has recently been quite publicly vocal about what he thinks the metaverse isn't and why. Hi, James. Hello, Susie. So you're both people who work in Insight. So let's imagine I'm the marketing director of, say, a large retail company and I come to you and I say, Courtney, James, what should I be doing about the metaverse? What, what is the first thing you might say to me? Courtney, let's start with you. So, like, I don't think you can really ask that broad of a question because each brand and each company will have different needs. So it really depends on your audience. If you are a bank, you probably don't need to be worrying about building a metaverse world right now. We've seen some banks try. They've kind of flopped. It's, you know, it's a non-issue at this point. If you are a brand that is a consumer brand focused on a young tech-savvy audience, Obviously, that's where you need to start thinking about how you build communities in the metaverse. So look at Nike and what Nike has done in Roblox. They've done a fantastic job in terms of building a really interesting community that people want to come back to again and again. So that's where I would sort of start is, you know, do you even really need to be exploring this right now? Or is this something you can kind of sit out for a little bit? So does it depend very much on the audience that you're trying to reach? Is it purely for younger, the Gen Z or or even younger than that? I wouldn't say it's about age necessarily, although certainly the Gen Z and younger audience are more comfortable with this type of uh, interaction in what I call the embodied internet, you know, where it's avatar driven, it's voice driven, it's very community focused. It's really more about is the audience like tech savvy? Is the audience interested in this, right? There are a lot of niche communities that are very strong in the metaverse. So if you're trying to reach that niche community, then it's very important. If you're just kind of building a metaverse world to say, hey, we built a metaverse world and put out a press release and get a piece in ad week. But I think that's kind of a waste of everyone's time. The thing with metaverse worlds is you have to resource them correctly. You have to keep them going and you have to give people reasons to come back. Nike, again, does a fantastic job of this, right? There are events to go to, there are social events, they bring in guest speakers, like they give people a reason to go there. You have to ask yourself a lot of questions. And where I see a lot of brands failing is they're just kind of replicating what they're doing in other worlds in the metaverse. They're not resourcing it correctly. This really needs to be, if you think it is valuable for your audience, a sustained commitment. So it's really about building the resources so there's a continuation of activity, not just a hit and run. Yeah, absolutely, yes. And turning to you, James, when the client comes to you and says, what are we doing about the metaverse? How how do you initially respond to that? Well, my first response to that question is always, what do you mean by metaverse? And if the client can't tell me what they mean, then it's a different conversation because nine times out of 10, it's, oh, well, I've read about it in Wired and we should be doing it. Or I saw it in the FT at the weekend, so we should be doing it. I'd land in very similar spaces to Courtney. I think we we have a disagreement on the branding thing, but that's about it because how many people are you going to be talking to? 
Why are you going to be talking to them? Are they going to be listening to you when you have something to say? Where are you going to say it? And all of those questions that you would normally apply to literally any other kind of marketing campaign, irrespective of channel, you would apply to this. It's just figuring out what they mean when they say metaverse. So do you think that there's a difference of language here? Perhaps um, there's some hype around the title metaverse. What, what would you call it? I mean, it's undeniable that there is hype about it because, I mean, it's amazing talking to developers who are going to get funding. But if they if they call the game video game, they don't get any funding. But if they call the, the video game a metaverse, suddenly VCs are interested and throw money at it because it's the magic word at the moment that unlocks everything. Nobody really is in the metaverse. It doesn't really exist in like the purest vision of all of it. There are things that are kind of metaversal in nature. You could argue that it's already here. It's just not been connected yet. But I'm a strategist. And so for me, it's about bringing clarity to an opportunity and being able to go, right, okay, that is actually a video game filled with millions and millions of players. And so therefore, thinking like a player, thinking like somebody who's going in there for an experience will help you better activate there versus going, oh, shiny metaverse, quick, let's do something. So what would you refer to it? I heard you give a talk and you talked about the metaversal experiences because part of building a movement, I guess, and not just about getting extracting the monies, but it's about building shared languages. So different types of businesses can understand what they mean. I think I said in that talk that you're referring to, like on a good day with the wind behind me, I might say that something in a video game environment that isn't gaming, e.g. going to a gig in Fortnite, you could describe that as a metaversal activity. But no one gives a toss about that outside of people who are trying to sell that stuff. Your everyday consumer doesn't go, I want to do a metaversal activity. They just want to go to a decent gig. Like the metaverse is semantics, right? When did you last refer to you know, going online to check your email is I'm going on the World Wide Web, right? These terms shift and change. And I think in the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of terms collapsing into one another. So we talk about Web3, right? That term drives me kind of crazy because that's the catch-all for, you know, everything from crypto to NFTs to the metaverse to all of these other things, right? It's it's all just word salad at the end of the day. It's all marketing and it's all a way to just get VCs to write you a check. So I have less of an attachment to the term, um, I tend to use the term embodied internet. I think that is very much here. People are interacting as avatars, they're using voice. And I think as we move forward, that will become one of the dominant, if not eventually the dominant mode of digital communication versus what we have now, which is text and video and, you know, online calls and stuff like that. You actually work with clients using what you'd call metaversal technologies for social change. Could you talk a little bit about some of your work in this space and what you've been able to achieve? So I mostly focus on using VR for social impact. So I do a lot of VR trainings around racial bias, workplace exclusion, child welfare, mental health. And these are kind of pre-built trainings, right? But it's really meant to allow people to be in a space they've never been in before. So to come as themselves and feel things, bias, exclusion, whatever, that they have never felt before in hopes that they are then more empathetic or at least understand what that feels like. Um, in terms of sort of broader metaverse worlds, what I really focus on is figuring out how we can make sure that the metaverse, nascent as it is, is built by groups of people who are very diverse, right? So a challenge we had with Web2, if you want to call it that, the current internet, is many of the people who built it came from kind of the same demographic background, I'll just say that, and they are not able to see, just because of the nature of who they are, 
perhaps the knock-on effects. They're not able to design as effectively um, for certain other groups. So really making sure that we build a world that is inclusive, safe, that everyone can be part of. So you're feeling that it can actually be a place that we can build more empathy and understanding using these embodied internet concepts. I would like to think that, again, you know, people ask me what the metaverse is on panels too, right? This is the hot topic. And I always just say the metaverse is people. You know, at the end of the day, it's just a different manifestation of community. And for brands to sort of come back to that, it's about how do they empower, impact and grow communities. That's where you start. It's not like we're going to make a fake restaurant in Horizon Worlds because, okay, why? (laughs) James, what do you think of that? And how do you think um, this could expand beyond the gaming communities into wider groups? For me, pretty much every single mention of the metaverse thus far we could just swap out with the words the internet and we'd still be talking about the same thing. So interactive 360 video to build empathy in people to understand what it's like to be a person of colour. Love that. It's brilliant. It's not the metaverse. It might be metaversal technology building towards the metaverse, but you would use that on the internet. And so I'm really, for me, it's getting crystal clear what we're talking about when we're using this word, because for your listeners, it's equipping them with better questions when people come knocking on their door and saying, oh, you should be in the metaverse. They need to be able to respond and say, where, how, which one, what are you talking about? Please can you give me more detail? Are you just referring to the technology? Do I believe that the internet generally is good for building community? Yes. Do I believe that video games are good for building community? Yes. And they have done for decades. Do I believe that whatever the next iteration of the internet, whether we call it the metaverse or the information superhighway level two, whatever we want to call it, right? Um, For me, it's the community piece that always comes wherever humanity goes is always going to be the same. And so for me, that's always the worry bead, like looking at, these new worlds that we want to explore, we're relying on the people creating them to create the rules and regulations around them. And so I completely agree with Courtney that you should absolutely have diverse people building these worlds. Otherwise, their bias, unconscious or conscious, will be built into the worlds that they are building. And Courtney, do you think that a metaverse can help or hinder with your clients? Because we can see that it is a way of getting investment. Is that helpful internally to businesses or do you think it's adding more confusion? I mean, a lot of businesses are just, you know, the CEO reads something in Forbes and they scuttle on down the hall to the next level of people and they say metaverse and everyone kind of jumps and then, right? So you can get funding to have a chief metaverse officer. Now, the challenge with that is my, I have a friend who said there's only 80 people on earth who are qualified to do that and the rest are just making it up um, because, you know, you do need people who have experience designing for this, right? And so I would say to a brand who came to me, and I, I say this quite a lot, okay, you want to be in the metaverse, why? What is compelling to you? What is interesting to you? Now, if they say, well, we're a shoe brand and we saw what Nike did and we want to replicate that, like, fair, okay. If you get, you know, they say we have to be in the metaverse, okay, why? Uh, well, uh, you know, the boss told us to. That's not a great place to start. So understanding, like, what are these worlds? Who is the audience you're trying to reach? How are you trying to reach them? What do you want to do? How will you build this community? Like, these are all the basic questions that I feel like people are not answering that much because... At the end of the day, like, there's not a lot of expertise in the space yet. There's really just a sort of sense of confusion. And, like, you know, if you go back to the early, early days of the web and look at some websites, I mean, oh, my God, your eyes will just 
bleed out of your head, right? Like, go look at a GeoCities page and try not to cringe. You know, so we can't expect everyone to be, like, perfect in their executions at this point, but I do think you need to go in with more of an idea than just, like, oh, we heard a buzzword. It's not about, you know, how does every single person get into the metaverse? Because that's not there yet. You know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, who knows? But it's really about working smarter and not harder because for a lot of folks, you don't need to be doing it quite yet. So, James, how do you think businesses can really make some savvy decisions to put their money in a a sensible way in the metaverse? Well, I must say I was nodding along furiously with Courtney just then because it must come down to fundamentally what is it you're trying to achieve? What is your objective? Fine, if you want to have the audacity to say, I just want some headlines in the trade press this week, fine, go ahead. You know, if you want to build a community around your brand... And you don't think you're metaverse ready and in inverted commas, then there are other ways. You know, you can go and do some stuff in social. You can build your own forum. I I love the Nightland example and I look at it a lot, especially because they're one of the good ones that updates regularly. You can see how many recurring visitors they've got. So again, equipping your listeners with better questions. If you haven't got a Roblox account and you're listening to this, go and create one. It's free, roblox.com. Then you can go and look and you can go and look at the other brands and how they were doing it. And you can also get a good idea of how many visitors they're getting and how many of those are uniques and how many of those are regular and how many are in total. Just go and do it and it will take you like 10 minutes. Nike is always held up and don't I do it as well. I look at them a lot and go, yeah, you're doing great. But copying Nike is not a strategy. It's looking at them and learning from it and going, right, okay, they've got the marketing spend and the, the innovation fund to go away and try that and experiment in new channels. If you're a small to medium enterprise, you haven't got that kind of cash and you're probably staring down the barrel of a two year long recession going, should I be investing in the metaverse? And the answer is undoubtedly no. Why don't you think your CRM? Have you considered connecting other parts of your web too? There's lots of other things you could be doing a lot harder. And that's not to say I'm going to close the door on it. I'm going to read about it. I'm going to be aware of it. I'm going to act on it when it's right for my business. And I can see demonstrable ROI from the platform I'm going to invest in. So it's about sitting and watching and really observing what works well um, and then stealing the ideas from the bigger companies down the line. But I think the one thing that a lot of brands aren't thinking about is like, what makes the metaverse different and special, right? It's kind of a whole new language. It's I've, I've been in virtual reality since 2016, and I saw a lot of virtual reality directors very early on basically do what's in 2D except in a 360 headset. And I was like, why? And then I realized you're so used to thinking one way, and it's very difficult to think in a totally different way. And I feel like that's where we need to get with this embodied internet, the metaverse, whatever term you want to use, is how do we take everything that's really interesting about this stuff that's different, right? It's a different to interact embodying an avatar with your voice than it is to type or be watching a video. How can you harness that specifically? How can you harness that you can fly, that you can do all of these interesting, weird, fun, crazy things and make that into a community and narrative? I think people really need to be thinking beyond just like replicating and getting to the point where it's like you're creating something wholly new, which is very, very scary but also incredibly liberating, incredibly cool, you know, bring in like the Roblox audience to help build this because they understand it internally. They're used to it. Get people that have gaming experience to work on it. Those people understand narrative and interaction and all those things like that's hugely valuable. You know, it's it's one of these things where, yeah, we're at the very, very, very early stages of it. Make a small investment, start experimenting, have people work on it as a side project, get into it, learn and play around. And so when things do start to really shift, you're not like, oh, God, we've ignored this forever. So back to our confused managers, 
and hopefully a bit less confused after listening to this episode. Um, we'd like to share with them a final piece of insight, as this series is called Insight Story. So if we were to give one piece of advice to our managers about what to do next or how to think about the metaverse, what would you like them to remember? Let's start with you, James. Um, my advice would be to go the extra click. And what I mean by that is if somebody presents you with a piece of information or a prediction about the metaverse, like the McKinsey quote that gets rolled out all the time about it being worth five trillion by 2030. I went three clicks and I found out the data source for that research. And actually, there's no meaning behind that number. If you're being pitched something metaversal, if somebody sends you a headline saying this is where the future is, go the extra click to find out where that data's come from. Go the extra click to find out who paid for that data and just have a bit more of a balanced and informed opinion on what you're being presented with and why. Great. So looking beyond the hype. And what about you, Courtney? I would say just start learning and experimenting. A lot of these things are free to sign up for or very cheap. You know, create a world just for fun. Spend some time talking to people. And then you'll understand like what you like, what you don't like, what you think could be better. So you're not doing this kind of knee-jerk reaction of either like, oh God, it's the greatest thing ever. We have to do it. Or, oh, it's terrible. Like you have at least sort of an informed opinion where you've learned and you kind of know, okay, this could work for me and here's why, or no, this is going to not work quite yet. Or here's what we could try. You know, worst case scenario, you have some fun. A big thank you to my guests, Courtney Harding and James Watley, for helping us to cut through some of the hype around the metaverse. And I think giving some real insight into how you might approach that with your organisation and what you could and should be doing with it. If you're enjoying our brand of insight, you can read more stories on the topics we cover on Secure Futures. It's Kaspersky's digital magazine about innovative tech for innovative leaders. There are loads of tech-related features, including articles by privacy advocate Corrie Doctorow, an interview with Cambridge Analytica whistleblower Brittany Kaiser, and you'll find articles asking if the metaverse is really open for business, how to create safer metaverse experiences, and a startup developing games for mental health. You can find the link to Secure Futures magazine in the Insight Story show notes. Wherever you are in your metaverse thinking, as any new tech arrives, so do new threats to our online security. Providing protection against those kind of threats is, of course, what Kaspersky is all about. So to give us some insight into the cybersecurity implications of the metaverse, or metaverse-like experiences, or embodied internet, to quote Courtney, I'm joined by Fabio Asselini, Head of Research in Latin America for Kaspersky's global research and analysis team known as GREAT. They spend all their time uncovering and understanding the cyber threats that face us. So Fabio, if a business is going to get into the metaverse, what should they be thinking about in terms of their cybersecurity? Yeah, the metaverse, while it's something very hot nowadays, we saw some risks. And besides the data privacy risks that exist on such platforms, we are also worried about attacks that are very common on meta platforms nowadays, that such as Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp. On these new platforms as well, we are expecting the same attacks that we are seeing on the meta platforms, especially impersonation of brands where a fraudster can set up a fake profile or a fake page using the name of a company 
and using this profile to perform fraud. And also other uh, attack that is quite common and for sure we will see on the metaverse will be account takeover, where a fraudster can set up a phishing page or more complex attacks such as a SIM swap where they hijack your phone number to receive the OTP, I mean the token code that you receive to allow you access. So these are some concerns uh, related to the metaverse because it's a social network and are the same concerns that we have nowadays. So would that be hitting the end user that the, these fraudsters might be taking money or there are other kinds of personal identity that might be harvested through these attacks? Yeah, these attacks can compromise not only your personal data, but especially your passwords. So it's something that companies planning to join the metaverse, they need to plan it accordingly because for sure, when the technology is available to everybody, for sure we will see attacks there. So if I'm a business and I'm investing in perhaps um, a launch party in Decentraland in the metaverse, is it my responsibility then to be putting in place that type of um, encryption and level of security? Or is it really for the end user to be more savvy and aware when they're joining these experiences? Uh, for companies, for sure, they need a plan. I mean, all the access, they must have a control uh, with two-factor authentication set up on all accounts. And for companies, it's a challenge because the access are shared among a lot of employees. So they need to manage it correctly. And sometimes it's hard. And I think the success of these platforms are also related to security issues. For example, we saw a Meta platform that is very popular worldwide is the WhatsApp. In some countries, they released a payment. You can do payments using WhatsApp. And due to security issues that the platform are facing every day, people don't trust to send money. So if you want a platform to be trusted, you also need to be worried about the security and the attacks you are facing on search platforms. As we heard from Fabio, if you're planning to invest in metaverse experiences for your customers, you need to plan how you'll secure them. Fortunately, Kaspersky is here to help with tech solutions specially designed for enterprises to protect against the most advanced threats. For one cybersecurity ecosystem for all your needs, search Kaspersky Enterprise on your smart speaker or check the show notes. That's it for this edition of Insight Story, Tech Trends Unpacked. You can find us on all the major platforms. Just click follow and you'll get every edition in the series. We have a go at unblocking blockchain, understanding artificial intelligence and machine learning, working out what digital trust really means, seeing how smart grids can make your business more energy efficient and exploring the wonderful world of mixed reality. If you want to get ahead, you really can't afford to miss it. Till next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, there you are. Do you have an address? Like a URL or something? If you've enjoyed Insight Story, Kaspersky has another two great series that you might like. Fast Forward by Tomorrow Unlocked explores the past, present and future of the technologies around us. 
Season one is out now with episodes about our robot colleagues, supermarkets of the future and more. And season two is going to drop in May with six fresh new episodes, including more about the metaverse and women in gaming. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. And if you want to hear the latest news and views from the world of cybersecurity, join Jeff Esposito in the US and David Buxton in the UK for Kaspersky Transatlantic. They chat security around current tech news and recent topics, including chat, GPT, and a fish that plays Pokemon. You'll find links to both these podcasts in our show notes. Listener.